Rounding out our trilogy of discussions of the Journey to the Force Awakens junior novels, we jump from post-New Hope to pre-Return of the Jedi with the Princess Leia adventure moving target. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up. Hello there and welcome back to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Today is a canon catch-up episode uh, and we will be talking about Moving Target by Cecil Castellucci and Jason Fry. Uh, today I'm your host Dan, uh, aka Vader's Castle Library, and I am joined by uh, Journals of the Wheels himself, Mr. Johnny. How are you doing, Johnny? Yay, hey, 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 not too bad. Good to be here. We've we've managed to get you back for for two canon catch up episodes in the space of two weeks. I, How exciting! I don't know what to do with myself, and I got to talk about canon stuff on the Inquisitor Roundtable too. I know, Crikey. I know. Although I think you're you're about to get the boot for another couple months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'll I'll, I'll be k- kicking it with the Legends boys again. Yeah, uh, and we are also joined again uh, two weeks in a row this time uh, by not a Force user uh, Morgan. How are you doing, Morgan? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me two weeks in a row. I like that we kind of rotated for these books. Like it was the four of us, um, but we just kind of rotated who across was three books. not yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, across three books. Yeah. Just Dan's the only. It was almost like I had a brilliant genius plan and I executed it. <laughs> it was almost like that. <laughs> and, it, and we've done so well with this one that there's even a ghost lurking in the recording here, who I won't name. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Right, so today we are talking about Moving Target, um, as I said at the top, written by Cecil Castellucci and Jason Fry, uh, with lovely illustrations in the book again by Phil Noto. Uh, This is the third of the trilogy of uh, junior novels about the original trilogy's original heroes, uh, and this is the Princess Leia adventure. Um, this book came out on the 4th of September 2015, which I'm slowly realising was a big day in publishing because a lot of stuff came out on September 4th, 2015, including the previous of these two books. Um, in this one, Princess Leia sets off on an important mission for the rebellion on the lead up to the Battle of Endor. Um, timeline wise, we think this takes place. And the reason I say think is because there is a bit. We're not sure when this takes place, and we're not sure whether this will still be taking place by the time Charles Souls finished his comic run. But at least for now, we reckon this takes place maybe a week or two before episode six. Um, Johnny, I'll start with you. How does this book work for you as a Princess Leia adventure? I really enjoy it. I mean, I think Leia is maybe harder to write than someone like Han Solo, for example, the, the, the last one of these I chatted about was, was the Smuggler's Run uh, book. And, you know, Han sort of has a, has a distinctive voice. And I, I don't know that we actually saw enough of Princess Leia and Princess Leia's interior life in the original movies to sort of to have a real sense of, of what she might be like on the page. But I think this does a good job of capturing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she probably feels most like Leia when she's being snarky and angry, which is, you know, we, which kind of is the defining thing. Uh, yeah. If you're trying to look for, if you're trying to look for something on screen that is who Leia is, that's the thing that comes across most, particularly in the first 
in, in the first two movies anyway. Um, you know, but it, it, it does poke a bit deeper than that. And sort of it, 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 for me, it's the, it's in the thematics, you know, the, the heart of this book really is, is these questions of um, the, the tension between winning the war at all costs and doing the right thing now and sort of balancing duty to the galaxy and duty to the individuals that are in it. All of that is very Leia in, in terms of the things that occupy her heart and her brain space all the time. Um, mm. And that just runs through this whole thing. So, yeah, I think it does a good job as a Leia story. Yeah. And what about you, Morgan? I, I agree. Um, I think this is probably controversially, again, maybe my favorite of the three, um, just because I do like to follow Leia in general. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that the themes that Leia deals with and the way that Leia exists in the Star Wars um, mythos, the entire Star Wars galaxy, is more interesting to me than the way some of the other characters exist. Um, I love the general vibes of this. It feels very found family to me. It feels Mm -hmm. very um, those, those internal questions of those big questions, those big political questions, like Johnny mentioned, are really poignant in this one um, and really face forward in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love a Nyan Nub story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the most of this one. Nyan Nub <laughs> is my, my guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed this one as well. I mean, I actually finished reading this one about an hour ago, so it's very fresh in my mind. Um, this was my first time reading it, and I did really enjoy it. I think to to go and drop a reverse hot take on you, Morgan, I think this actually yeah, might be my least favourite of the three, but I still like the book, and I think if you take... On the front of the book, it says a Princess Leia adventure. I think if you take the Princess Leia bit, I think it might be the best character work of the three. But I think it's my least favorite adventure. If that if that makes sense, I think I enjoy the plot. I don't love the plot, but I really love what they do with Princess Leia in this book. Um, I love Princess Leia, and anytime we get to explore her character more, I mean, the stuff that Claudia Gray's done with Princess Leia, for example, is all yeah. incredible. Um, mm. So spending time with Leia and really getting behind, you know, just the, the, the weight and the consequence that she feels for Alderaan, for, you know, the way she misses her parents, um, obviously adopted parents, but to her, they are her parents. Um, Han and the, the sort of guilt that she's feeling over not being able to rescue Han. Yeah, all that stuff to me was really, really great character work. And it was packaged in... Um, Again, what was a fun and fast-paced adventure, I just don't think it was quite as fast-paced and adventurous as the previous two. But I don't mean that as a as a major criticism because I still really do like the book. I don't know if you guys have anything to rebuttal against me for that. No, I, I think that's fair. I mean, it, it's probably, for me, it sits in the middle. My, my favourite of this little triptych of books is probably Weapon of the Jedi and my least favourite is probably Smuggler's Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for for me, this this is this is in the middle. Um, I, I do agree with you on the plot. Uh, you know, it, the plot's probably my least favorite thing about it. I, I, I love the themes that the plot that, that bubble up out of the plot. Um, but you know, it, it does sort of 
become very kind of formulaic in in a way. You know, this is kind of cat and mouse game um, of Leia um, basically acting as a moving target, a distraction for uh, the the Imperials while the main fleet is you know amassing near Sullust for reasons. And um, you, you know they visit a planet, they do a thing, they move on to the next planet, they do a thing. You know they're just. And, and you know they they do a decent. The authors do a decent enough job of making those planets feel different, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I, I'm not overly invested in what they're there to do. What actually grabs me, as you said, is is the character work and you know the mm-hmm. thematic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Although I will give a special shout out to the second planet they went to, because Princess Leia having a sleep on a beach and then getting kidnapped by pirates who weren't actually pirates is probably my favourite chunk of this book. <laughs> <laughs> my god yes give me give me more star wars actual pirates not space pirates like actual pirates who like are actual pirates. water pirates <laughs> like <Yeah>. water pirates <laughs> uh, and yeah just how I, I love the way it was written and i can't quite remember how it was but it was like leia lying down and having a sleep for like the first time in like three years or something like that which was <laughs> like really powerful that she just never gets to take a break and she was like yeah. why am i on this nice holiday destination whilst the galaxy's at war i feel so guilty about being here even though she's on a dangerous mission um so yeah lots of great layer yeah. stuff morgan have I, you got anything else you want to add layer wise before we move on um i don't think so i mean i like the idea that she's she's struggling with a lot of things as we're reading this book and i think that you guys said that this is like the least plot that we get from any of these and the plot isn't the best part um it feels kind of like I, i'm sure you guys probably haven't read much of her but if you haven't i do recommend it it feels like a becky chambers kind of book um where the plot is there just to give you a story a framework so that you can dig deeper into the characters and this is that's what this is um the plot isn't there to to tell you something expansive and tell a story really it's more just to give you an insight into how do these characters react to being placed in a certain situation which i think is a, mm-hmm. one of my favorite types of books which is probably why this appeals to me so much and I do yeah. think it's great that we also like Cecil um Cataluji is a female author and I'm glad that we have a female author writing part of Leia, or at least being a part of this writing, um, yeah. because I, I don't always love women written by men, so. Yeah, I, th- I think the canon is doing a much better job of that generally, vis-a-vis yes. Leia, that, than was the case in the old Legends continuity. A- a- anyone who has read Splinter of the Mind's Eye or um, The Court <laughs> of Princess Leia... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, very, very different treatments of Leia there. Funnily enough, I haven't read it, but I already know what you're referring to, which is awful, yeah. awfully problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this book featured uh, quite a fun cast of supporting characters. I mean, uh, with the exception of the likes of Mon Mothma and Luke and Admiral Akbar at the beginning of the book, I'm sort of wanting more to lean into this sort of... Uh, strange crew that Leia gets together to to go on this adventure um I'll start with you Morgan because obviously you wanted to I'm sure you want to talk about the end nub um but how did you find this cast of supporting characters I love them um this is this is my favorite type of story like again it feels like a Becky Chambers book uh the small way or the long way to a small angry planet um series uh it feels very much like that it feels like Firefly it feels like all of those sort of 
it feels like rebels in a way too, right? You've got this crew of people that are all very different and they very, they all fill very different spots on this, um, on their ship, uh, words. I cannot do them today. (laughs) They all feel very different and they all fill these different spots on their ship and it makes it feel like it's a little family. Um, Mm -hmm. they very clearly care for each other. They very clearly, um, kind of have almost sibling relationships with each other here and there where they butt heads a little bit. And again, like me and numb is just perfect in this one. I don't know. It's just like, I'm just here to do my job. Like I'll leave you guys here if I have to, but also like, I want us to be, I want us to be. I'm just here to do my job and help boss. Yeah. yeah. No, I I love that his whole thing was like, I'm going to drop you guys off to do the actual mission. I'm going to head up the bar. To gather yeah. intel, obviously. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's clearly what this is. Yeah, and then you have to have that, like that character in whatever story like this, where you have that big cast that feels almost like this family or this crew that is together. Um, that's kind of like the the parent almost of the group. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's the role that Nia Nub yeah. takes. Nia Nub. I can't say his name. Continue. <laughs> Johnny, what about you? Are there any of those other characters that you particularly want to uh, put out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to say, you know, Nian Num hitting the bar for Intel is straight from the Obi Wan Kenobi playbook, surely. You know, yes. that's uh, that, that's the Outlander Obi-Wan Club classic. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, no, I I love uh, particularly um, Lock Marcher, um, yeah. the this Brazilian mm. guy, and and, yeah. and Kitty and Kitty the the serene sort of the comms expert you know because and again it comes down to the thematics you know the, the this whole idea that sits at the heart of the book uh about sort of you know do you win the war at all costs or do you do the right thing by the individual you know balancing duty to the galaxy to the duty to the individuals within it that kind of plays out in some of these head-to-head arguments that Locke Marcha has with Kitty. you know Locke Marcha is the, this kind of realist pragmatist guy you know he's a commando he, you know he's kind of you know he's an ends justifies the means kind of a guy and Kitty is you know I mean I Leia sees her as naive yeah she, she is I mean Leia does use the word naive at, at one point but I don't think that's necessarily fair she's much more idealistic she's a bit more soft-hearted she's not as sort of war-hardened yet and although mm-hmm. you know she she's on a bit of a journey on through through the, this narrative on that mm-hmm. score um but you know so so she and Kitty and Lock March kind of embody that sort of thematic you know r- running through yeah. the whole book and but they serve this dual purpose as well um because they have this little sort of romance that flares up um and, and sort of and hits Leia in a different way as well, because reminding her of the way that she and Han were, you know, butt heads and yeah, fell in, and fell in love despite butting heads and all of that stuff, you know. So yeah. it's just a, a sort of heartwarming reminder of the Leia Han thing as well. I, yeah, I, I feel like if you really need idea. Yeah, I feel like their relationship would have been a lot more steamy if this was a YA novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, per, and bless Antrot, the uh, the Abadnido guy, the sort of the the, the techie guy, you know, um, he, he's he's not very uh, he's not very worldly and uh, doesn't doesn't quite understand why um, Lock Marcher and Kitty, who seem to hit each other's guts, are now making kissy kissy on the on the yeah. ground couch. I kind of got like it's not even a show, a TV show I particularly like at all, but I kind of got a bit like Sheldon Cooper vibes from from this guy. 
the sort of like not really understanding sort of the situation, but there's an endearingness that this guy has that the other character I just referenced doesn't have. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was an endearing member of the crew and I, yeah. I really liked, he's, yeah. He's very like autistic coded. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's, that's what yeah. it is. He's, he's very yeah. much giving that vibe. And I was like, Oh, his, his yeah. poor little, bless his poor little heart. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was, I think, I think that's what I really liked about this cast of characters. I think that, they're all very different. They all, as you rightly said, Morgan, fill their own role within the crew. Um, and I think that there's like, there's characters there that different people can connect to whilst reading this book. I'm sure some people pick up this book and connect to Leia. Some people pick up this book and connect to, connect to Nyan Nub hitting a bar instead of doing his job. And I, I think that... <laughs> It has that sort while of effect doing of his job. To, while doing his job. Obviously, while doing his job. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I think they're a really fun cast of, of characters. And I, I definitely, like, the first 50% of this book, I did feel myself not quite enjoying it as much as I wanted to be enjoying it. And there was mm. a moment, and I think it was around them going to, like, the beach planet with sort of that, like... <laughs> the family going on like a weird vacation and all having to like, uh-huh. put Hawaiian yeah. shirts on. Yeah, it it's that scene that from Pulp so Fiction where, where, where suddenly Samuel Jackson and John Travolta are dressed in <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's spare shorts and t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and they just look like complete doofuses. It's it's that scene. And it was and it was that around that moment in the book where the, where this sort of found family crew completely clicked for me. And I think this that second half of the book landed so much better for me because at that moment these characters really clicked, uh, and I think that is what the book does well. Like, I was sad when stuff started, bad things started to happen to some of them at the end of this book. Yeah. Like, you know, we won't dive completely into spoilers, but you know, not everyone makes it out the other end, and I, I no, there are some pretty, pretty sad moments in there. And, and that's why I really like it, actually. And, and it's the the lack of some of that stuff is probably why Smuggler's Run ranks at the bottom of these three books for me. Because what I love about these books, um, and sort of, and, and then the the equivalent tie into Last Jedi and, and and Rise of Skywalker is they don't shy away from. Um, dealing with sort of heavier stuff and throwing heavier stuff in there, and and just for, yeah. for me, the Smuggler's Run one is the one that kind of doesn't really thematically mm. deal with anything in particular. It's, it's fun, but it's not much more than that. Uh, whereas this one, yeah, it, it's very, it doesn't pull its punches in terms of the thematics or indeed in terms of um, reminding you quite what's at stake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I did, I did quite like the, just before we move on because it just for some reason made me think about it but the throwaway comment about Nian Nub recommending that Leia's beach outfit was a, a bikini as opposed yeah. to the pair of shorts and a t-shirt that she ended up wearing yeah but uh, not 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 just any bikini but a brown bikini with gold embroidery on it which yeah. I think is, in- yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, in- is intended to refer to the the gold bikini from Jabba's Palace yeah. yeah, the uh, the sort of like 
I don't know whose costume design that was in <laughs> Return of the Jedi, but let's put Leia in this outfit, sort of. It was a nice little uh, meta reference to that, I think. <laughs> yeah, and given, and given the choice, she really wouldn't have. No. <laughs> yeah. um, just before we move on to talk about other stuff, one of the supporting characters who was fairly minor in this but I, I guess their presence was felt was Mon Mothma and particularly mm. Mon Mothma's relationship with with Leia um just I would just want to throw it out to the two of you is there something anything you'd like to add about that because I, I found Mon Mothma uh I like it when she pops up in anything but I think this was a nice seeing that uh, motherly role that she has in Leia's life almost was was really quite effective Morgan yeah, um, I'm not like specifically remembering those moments in this right now, but just in general, the the relationship that we generally do see between Mon Mothma and Leia does seem to be almost that like she's not necessarily a mother figure to her, but she is um, more of a mentor figure to her. So in the same way that Luke is mentored by these Jedi who who teach him the ways of the forest, Mon Mothma is in some ways serving as this mentor for Leia, which also like is so deeply touching because she also served as a mentor in some ways and worked with her mother. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of just it definitely gets you in the feels pretty pretty hard yeah. there. Yeah, Johnny, have you got anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a couple of things jumped out to me about the Mon Mothma scene, and it's it's one of my favorite scenes in in, in the book. Um, there's a reference at one point. Uh, Leia says that Mon Mothma tutored Leia uh, before she went on to the Junior Senate, and I, 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 I as I read that, I reread that moment. I, I couldn't remember if that was something that had been alluded to, or picked up on, or contradicted by the later Leia Princess of Alderaan novel. Um, because I, do, I don't remember there being a reference in that novel to her, her having been tutored by Mon Mothma at any point prior to the events of that novel. Um, but that, that was just a little continuity thing that jumped out as I read it. The actual scene itself, I, I loved. I, I loved this. And again, it sort of it goes to the thematics of the whole book. Um, you know, Mon says to her, do you feel responsible for Alderaan? You know, which is a pretty pretty wild thing to ask someone, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, but 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 it's just it goes straight to the heart of this idea because you know, Mon is now seeing what's going to happen. The Death Star Two is happening, and her homeworld, Chandrilla, is on the hit list. You know. Yeah. Um, and Mon- Moncala is on the hit list, you know, Akbar's home mm-hmm. world. You know, so, so she's now in this position where she's realizing my actions, the actions I take are having are going to cost lives. The stand that I take costs lives, you know. And as Leia goes on to realize during the, you know, realizes during the course of the book, you know, their life, people like Mon, people like Leia, their life costs lives you know people pay with their lives just to keep these people safe and alive all the time you know so again that 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 scene with mon and leia just diving into that stuff um just it's great i love it i love it yeah yeah definitely um well the the sort of other feature of this novel uh as is the same with the previous two is they tied into the journey to the force awakens uh publishing line uh and therefore had sequel era bookends uh, in this one we saw 
uh, a droid, a resistance droid, coming to ask Leia to General Leia Organa to give uh, some uh, memoirs uh, to contribute towards some memoirs, so to basically tell a story. And this is a story she chooses to tell. Um, how did these sequel era uh, tie-ins uh, work for you guys in this one, Morgan? I'll start with you. Um, I think this is probably the weakest framing that we get out of them. I mean, it makes sense, I suppose, for Leia being this massive figure. And I mean, I do like that we now see her as General Organa, um, General Leia, as opposed to Princess now, um, Mm -hmm. which kind of just shows the growth of her as a character. And that's obviously what she is in the sequel trilogy. Um, But it, it didn't, it wasn't as much of a story as the other two. Um, yeah. It was just, it's time for your memoirs. And then, like, the <laughs> wrap-up is like, oh, we're... Oh, you're finally doing your memoirs. That's great. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem yeah, as as nice of a frame as the other ones. Yeah, maybe I can show these memoirs to that young hotshot pilot Poe who's uh, being, a bit, yeah. being a bit reckless. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, what about you? Yeah, it's, it's 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 a funny beast, isn't it? It it's nice that she's actually in it. Where you know, in in the Luke one, um, you know, Luke's for, for reasons isn't in his book, sequel era bookend. Um, so at least Leia is in it, but you know, it, it's not really it's it's not doing the same sort of thing as say the Han and Chewie adventure one, where you know, there's at least a little bit of action going on in their bookends. But yeah, it, it's kind of perfunctory and it. it <laughs> It's also a bit odd because at the very, very end, it seems to suggest. Well, it seems to suggest that Poe is off on Jakku, and there's, you know, events are in motion. So it, it seems like a very odd time to be sitting down, <laughs> talk, you know, of, of all the of all the moments to finally say, to finally say yes to the droid this time uh, that you're going to start dictating your memoirs. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, but yeah, you know. That... It, it, <laughs> It, it's what it's a rare moment, I think, in these series of books where that's kind of one that probably plays fine to the target audience. But as a grown-up, you read it and think, "No, I don't think that really works." Yeah, I think the the, the whole thought that you know minutes before going to get this map to her long lost brother, she'll just be like, "Wait a minute, I'll just record some memoirs." Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a quick story. I've got ten minutes. Uh, so yeah, but to be honest, I think that I liked the bookends in the sense of seeing like Leia, General Leia at this point yeah. in the timeline. Um, I liked the sort of references to Poe and the references to Jakku and where we were going straight from that. But it didn't like it. I, it didn't feel as consequential to the other ones. I, I think I agree mm. with with everyone on that one. Um, I think the the meat of the story is obviously in in the uh, original trilogy era layer stuff, the, the bookends really just in this one particularly served as a, a sort of framing device that kind of, you wouldn't even notice if it wasn't there. Um, yeah. Because I think, I think the reason why they worked quite well with smugglers run and weapon of the Jedi is because they almost felt like, Oh, here's a hand adventure that you probably didn't know about because it was Han Solo or here's a Luke adventure that you probably didn't know about because he snuck off and did it himself. But this one's like, this is a significant princess Leia mission that has lasting effects for the rebellion. Yeah. Story. So it didn't feel like one of like, Oh, let's just tell you this fun story. So I think that's why it didn't work as well. But um, I don't think it's, 
I don't think it. It was just it was fitting into a publishing initiative, and it, it did the job it needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, canon implications. Now, I think this is the little bit where I maybe I'm concerned about this book's longevity. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just just uh, um, for the context of. Uh, people who are listening in who aren't up to date with Marvel comics. And I know Morgan, you're one of them. Um, yes. So I think we might be getting to a stage where some of the Marvel comics might be starting to work their way around this book. Um, mainly because of a couple factors. One, obviously for, for context, the Marvel comics at the moment are covering the gap between episode five and episode six. Um, and I think there is a, there is a point in this in in the Marvel Comics run where there's a, a three issue arc where the rebels learn about Death Star two, um, yeah. and in this book they're learning about Death Star two. But this is already a good few months after that. So that was my first little thing of like, right, that's kind of already been redone. Um, the Luke, I mean, I know Luke's not in it much, but he sort of just comes in, says, hey, Leia, you're off on this mission. I'm just going to go fly about for a bit because I don't really have a role, which doesn't really line up to how he is in the comics because he has a pretty major role. I mean, he's like knee deep in like sort of Jedi research at this point. He's not wandering about aimlessly. He's pretty mm. sort of locked into what he's getting up, getting up to. Uh and then I guess there's the whole factor of the return to Tatooine to rescue Han Solo thing, which they sort of suggest in this book that they've just been waiting around for uh, Lando and Chewbacca to get them some intel, whereas the comics lead on that the reason it hasn't happened is because of the Crimson Dawn um, revelation. So so it's just yeah. a few things that don't line up very well. And I don't know. Where? Yeah. Sorry, Dan. Where where are the comics at the minute in terms of Luke's lightsaber? Is he still rocking around with that yellow lightsaber that he'd picked up along the way? He it broke, and then he sort of okay. kind of rebuilt it. But then he also went and got his green kyber crystal. But he hasn't oh, built he... that one yet. But he does oh, have a lightsaber, yes, which again doesn't line up in this either. No, because yeah, in in this one, there's no reference to. Um... Well, I, I, either again, I'm always banging on about Hulek's lightsaber that uh, he picked up in the air. Yeah, never going to give up on this one. No one's ever mentioned Hulek's lightsaber ever again. Um, but so yeah, so yeah. In, in this book, Leia definitely mentions that you know he doesn't have a lightsaber and he's off doing his thing anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so so the, the, there's lots of little points of contact. I yeah. think where. You know, I mean, I suppose what 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 you can say is certain point of view. You know, she she's dictating these these memoirs after a period of some thirty plus years, almost thirty five years. Um, she may well have forgotten the sequence of events, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way that she would have forgotten the War of Bounty Hunters <laughs> and the Crimson Crimson Dawn. Whole massive thing with Boba Fett. There's no way. There's no way this doesn't even get a mention. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't work. They forgot this book existed. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's, it's heir to the Jedi. It's Hulu's lightsaber. It's all that all over again. And uh, I'll see you guys to later. The listeners, 
to the listeners who uh, were wondering why Chris has suddenly arrived uh, when that I mentioned we had a yeah he was the ghost there you go <laughs> um, yeah yeah I mean we still don't know where Charles Soule's going to take the story in the comics in relation to leading into Return of the Jedi he might try his best to sort of weave it in where Leia disappears for a few issues and then that's her moving target story so we don't know how things are going to tie yeah. up but yeah. I think the point that the ghost was just referencing <laughs> was emotionally Leia has gone through a lot at this point and yeah. has progressed quite a lot of as, as a character by this point which this book doesn't reference, obviously, because it hadn't been yeah. written yet. But I think that's where some of the continuity stuff doesn't quite add up. But I think by the time I got to the end of the book, I actually just quite like the story. I'm kind of okay with it. My little canon nerd head does hurt a little bit, but I'm going to kind yeah. of choose to overlook it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way about Heir to the Jedi and Weapon of a Jedi. You know, they, they, they both of those books ignore each other completely, and you know, Luke goes through things in Heir to the Heir of the Jedi emotionally that don't show up on the page at all in Weapon of the Jedi, yeah. and I'm fine with that because it's, yeah, it is a middle grade book, and it's not, yeah. for, it's not, you know, the the, the 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 trauma that he's just been through in Heir to the in Heir to the Jedi just isn't for the middle grade audience, um, you know. So, yeah. I guess I my question. Fine to Morgan would be having heard all of that you know you haven't read the comics but having heard yeah. all of that does that affect your view at all of this book or do you still enjoy it all the same I, I still enjoy it I'm in ignorance is bliss in this particular uh, scenario yeah. but I think that the idea that she's telling her memoirs right um, maybe not so much that she forgot things that happened um but that she's trying to frame this story in a very particular way is also mm -hmm. possible. Um, again, yeah. these are stories that characters are telling. These are not the like God's eye view of Star Wars telling us these stories. These yeah. are stories from a particular character's perspective with a particular character's framing. And anytime you have a character telling their story they become an unreliable narrator. So that kind yeah. of maybe could be the saving grace, I suppose. Yeah. And, and to be yeah. she's, only got, she's, only, she's only got 10 minutes before she needs to get back to the briefing room. So she really can't well, get into that. This is the 10 minutes when she's probably like going to the bathroom. Like that's, she's, you're yeah. like, this is the 10 minutes where I like, might as <laughs> yeah. well. The droid doesn't care. Yeah. I mean, and for, the sake of, and for the sake of brevity, I'm going to leave out the whole thing with Kira and that was the bunny up the thing. And, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, Johnny, that kind of that's a nice justification in my head. She's like, right, Jakku's kicking off in ten minutes' time. I don't uh -huh. have time. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for Commander Zara. I don't really have time for like Luke's little weird yellow lightsaber. Right, okay, me and Yannub at the pub. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a weird continuity difference between <laughs> Nian Num's character because in Battlefront Twilight Company, he is very much painted as this, like, almost stoic rebel hero. Uh, rebe no, not rebels in the Rebel Alliance, but, like, resistance hero in Sullust. And then in this yeah. book, he's, like, a bit of a goof. <laughs> Like they're two different people. Yeah, I mean, well, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny could probably add more to that because he's more familiar I mean, with those books. But yeah, I mean, you're you're right. He, he does feel different, but yeah, that, that, I think that happens all the time when you're jumping from 
YA to middle grade to adult, you know, characterization, particularly of um, secondary characters, I think does change. I mean, just just look at anything in the uh, from a certain point of view collections on sort of various bounty hunters and that sort of thing, and the characterization is very wildly, you know. Well, has been drinking quite heavily since the events of Battlefront Twilight <laughs> Company. <laughs> I mean, if, if you'd live if you'd lived through the events of Battlefront Twilight Company, you'd be drinking heavily too. It's <laughs> exactly. like a nihilist thing going on, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't Every, matter, I might as well. Yeah, so everything works from a certain point of view. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for the contributions from our ghost there. Let's <laughs> appreciate it. It's okay. <laughs> friend, friend. Our friendly ghost in the SWBC dungeon. I honestly thought he was going to be sleeping by this point. So, like, could you sit? <laughs> for staying awake? It's funny because uh, in in last week's episode, we referenced Chris being the ghost who never goes away. And in this episode, he literally was the ghost who wouldn't go away. So. <laughs> oh, um Anyway, to, to get back onto the rails, uh, we should probably round up our final thoughts on this one. Um, so Morgan, how do you feel overall about this book and uh, would you be recommending it to folk? Yes. Um, so the answer to the second one is yes. The answer to the first one is I still love it. It's still my favorite of these three. Um, I really, this to me is my favorite part of Star Wars. I do like, there's a point towards the end where we see um, almost a moment that foreshadows a little bit what happens at the end of the sequel trilogy where it's just people um and they're here and they're doing their thing and i i love the themes that this thing explores i think it is great once again we've said it every single time that we've done one of these episodes this is not just for kids um maybe this one some of the elements feel a little bit more for kids but this one still worth reading no matter what age you are great and johnny how about you yeah i really like this i really like it and it's kind of a forerunner in a way of uh, of other um books in the canon that focus on female characters where the plot maybe isn't the most important thing i'm thinking particularly of folk like ek johnson and her work with the soko or padme you know um the plot is not the most important thing here. It, what, what's important here is that the plot is a mechanism to get these themes out there uh, and to get the characters chewing over these big questions, you know, uh, and to let sort of the character work take over. Um, it's, so it's, it's fantastic from that point of view, and I, I love that it's packaged up in, a, in, a, in an easily digestible middle-grade read. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I enjoyed this one. I actually think, funnily enough, I mean because I genuinely just read this in a little bit of a rush today uh, to be ready for this episode, I genu- I think I might in- I might like it more after just sitting here and chatting to you two about it for the last 40 minutes. I think Yay. the more time, the more I've been chatting to you, the, the more I'm like, oh, I did really like that. Oh, I really like that as well. Um, and, you know, that's a lesson. That's a lesson to uh, people who go watch films and then cry about it for a year. Um, anyway, no, I really enjoyed this. And um, I thought, Leia's story and it was was fantastic the supporting characters were fantastic and whilst it's not my favorite adventure um I do think it did feel very original trilogy rebel mission Mm. and I think it was an effective storyline and I liked 
I just liked the way it was written. And I think it is, again, I mean, it's the same story with all three of these books. We've been saying it every week. They're easily digestible for um, adult readers as much as they're, you know, fun for uh, the younger audience to read as well. So uh, whatever age a Star Wars fan you are, I think this one's a worthwhile story to pick up and read. And hopefully... um, by the t- hopefully you're not listening to this in a year's time and it's been completely decanonized by the comics <laughs> even if it is it's still good yes absolutely yes. live absolutely. in ignorance yeah 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 um but great thank you very much both of you that was a, that was a great chat um it was good to chat moving target with you both uh canon catch up will return next week to talk about, I believe, we're on to Aftermath next week, which will mm. get interesting uh, because that was a fairly significant moment in Star Wars publishing canon life. So we'll be back to talk about that next week. Um, Morgan, where can the people find you? Uh, with increasing frequency, they can find me here. Um, but otherwise, they can find me mostly on Instagram as not a Force user. And Johnny. Uh, yeah, folk can usually find me rambling about Star Wars stuff on Instagram as at Journals of the Wills, and I'm on threads as at Journals of the Wills as well. I mean, if you really insist on using Twitter, you can find me there as yeah. at Journals Wills. Ugh, I know, right? <laughs> to be um, honest, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, you might have to pay for Twitter. So, yeah, <laughs> no I, I really <laughs> won't be doing that. And, and uh, I, I, I doubt the podcast account will be doing that either. No, definitely not. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, both of you, for being here. It was great chatting with you. Uh, I've been Dan, a.k.a. Vader's Castle Library. If you've enjoyed this episode, uh, make sure you follow or subscribe to the uh, Star Wars Book Community podcast for more Canon Catch-Up, more Legends Library, more of our main shows and our author interviews and all that good stuff. Um, Thank you very much for listening. And bye from all three of us. Bye. Bye. Bye.